Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. What a, what a profound, what a simple yet poignant statement. God, I need you now. We're invited to bring our, our requests, our needs before a God who cares for us, who loves us, who is a father to us. And if you know anything about the power of a direct and simple request, it's hard to resist. Some of you had a spouse or a child that says, I, I really need you. I need you to be there. I need you to be here for me. And God says, just come to me like a father. Just tell me what you need. Ask to be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. What a good God we serve this morning. Amen. I want to uh, lend some credibility to one of the things that David said. I can't lend any credibility to the water slide out of the baptistry. However, if you're writing the check for that, I'm willing to entertain that, David. So just let me know. Um, but uh, this Henry Cloud event on Monday, March 27th, my wife and I have tickets for that. Uh, I'm in a men's group that meets on Wednesday mornings, and we actually began going through the book Boundaries, which is a, a, an earlier book of Henry Cloud's. And so um, we've got our tickets for it. The, the, the guys and their wives are going to be going to that event together. And it is a free ticketed event, which simply means if you go to the website, you can, you can get a ticket without any cost to you, um, and yet we need to know how many are coming so that we don't overfill the auditorium. So I want to encourage you, if you'd be there uh, with my wife and I, I know you get a lot out of the event. It's going to be a great time together for all of us that are there. All right, well today uh, we're going to dive into this. If you have ever built a home, you know more than likely what this is, right? I've been working out, so I'm going to see if I can lift this thing. This is a cinder block, right? Or maybe a concrete block, or if your English is the original kind from the United Kingdom, you might call that a, a breeze block. But these are going up all over Horizon West, right? You see them. You wish they were building schools and other infrastructures as fast as they're building homes. I learned this week that over the last 20 years, on average, a new home is completed every 10 hours for 20 years. That's here in Horizon West. People are moving, and we know that. It's still one of the fastest growing communities in all of the United States of America. And still, the vast majority of Americans would call home ownership the height of the American dream. Like the single most uh, important indicator that you have been successful, that you are prospering in life. More than a college uh, degree, more than a career, the American dream and the dream of people all over the world is to own their own home. Now, there's a reason we say home ownership and not house ownership, because home and house are a little different, right? House means physical structure. It needs things like cinder blocks or maybe brick or wood or whatever the physical material is to build it. But a home needs something a little more. I want to apply this to us as a church where we talk a lot about being a spiritual family or a spiritual home. And the reason is that we believe the church is a lot more than the building that we gather in. I'm going to guess that none of you chose to make Horizon West Church your home because you just think this auditorium is pretty cool, right? Or you just love the decor in our children's area that are actually high school classrooms during the week. If you've made Horizon West Church your home, it's because you believe that it's a place you can experience spiritual family. 
And this morning we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians chapter 3 as we continue a series that we've been in for the last several weeks. And what Paul is going to do in this passage that we're going to look at together is he's going to uh, instruct the Corinthian believers on what it takes to have a spiritual home, those essential elements. And the first of those that we're going to look at is a solid foundation. A spiritual home, as a physical home, needs a, a solid foundation. Look with me at verse 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building on it. But let each one take care how he builds, for no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In the town that I grew up in, a couple hours south of here, Sebring, Florida, we had something called sinkholes. Does anyone not know what a sinkhole is? None of you are willing to admit, but if you didn't grow up in this area, you may not know that there are places where the earth just gives out. I'm not trying to scare anyone, but the water table is just so high and the ground is just so shallow that where I grew up, there were some prominent homes that were literally just absorbed into the earth. And the reason that that happens is because the home was built on an unstable foundation. An edifice was constructed where the foundation was not solid enough to support what was built. And so every good home builder is going to ask this question first and foremost above any other. Can the foundation we would lay here support what we would build here? Over the last several years, myself and other leaders of Horizon West Church and First Orlando, we scoped out different areas of Horizon West saying, God, would this be the place that would be our future home? Would this be the property that, that, that we could maybe uh, build on and have a, a permanent church home here? And every once in a while, we'd find one. We'd go, man, that, play, that looks great. That's a great location. And it would have 10 or 15 or 20 acres, only to find out that it's not buildable land. It's rather wetlands. And so of that 15, 20 acres, only a small fraction could be built on. The issue is foundation. If the foundation is good, nothing of substance can be built there. And Paul says to the Corinthians, according to the grace given me by God as a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. It's as if Paul's saying, I know the foundation I laid. I know that, that that foundational truth of the good news of Jesus, crucified, buried, risen, and coming again, that foundation was laid. I made sure of that. And yet he's not stroking his own ego by saying that. He's saying this was because of the grace of God given to me. Paul understood that his confidence was in God's grace to him. His gifts and his calling were not something he'd bestowed upon himself or that he carried out because he was just such a charming or gifted person, but it was according to the grace of God that was given him. And that grace came through the gospel of Jesus, which Paul says is the foundation of any true church. What was happening in the city of Corinth, what was happening with the Corinthian believers was a foundational issue. They had gotten mixed up on the, the very essence of the gospel. And Paul's saying to them, if your foundation isn't solid, everything about this is going to come tumbling down. Nikki and I are in the middle of a, a big flooring project at our house. Everything that was flooring, tile and carpet, has been removed or is being removed so that we can lay new flooring down. 
And demo projects are a lot of fun if you've done them, right? I don't even know what the tools are because I'm not super handy, but my neighbor let me borrow one and I'm just like chipping away at this stuff and we're ripping carpet out and, and tile and it's just dust everywhere and we're in the middle of that project right now because everything that's floor is coming out. But how absurd would it be if Nikki looked over my shoulder and said, love, why are you chipping away at the concrete? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm trying to remove the foundation. She would say, you idiot. <laughs> she wouldn't say that. She would imply, you idiot. Why are you trying to remove? The foundation doesn't move. And what happens in churches and what was happening in Corinth, if we're not careful, is that we begin to mistake the flooring for the foundation. We go, well, we can't change the style of music, right? We, we can't change this uh, method of ministry or this program that we started X amount of years ago. Can I tell you the truth? At some point, somebody else is going to come in and they're going to have some different ideas about how to do things. They're going to rip out the flooring, so to speak, and some of you are going to get real uncomfortable. And you go, well, that's not how we did it in 2018. And when there's a new pastor standing here, you're going, that's not what Pastor Chris. Now, if, if it's a foundation issue, you push back and you fight. But more often than not, it's just flooring. The flooring can change, the foundation does not. It's why Paul says, someone else is now building on the foundation that I laid. He's not reprimanding that person or rebuking them. He's just acknowledging a fact. Paul was a builder. He was a planter. And when he left the city of Corinth, others came. Among them, Apollos, the great uh, orator and articulator of the gospel, come from Africa, relocated in Corinth, and remember, Paul said, I was the waterer, but Apollos, or rather, I was the planter. Apollos is the waterer. Here, he's inferring the idea, I was the, the, the one who laid the foundation, but others will build on it, and that is a good thing. But he says, here's the warning. The one that comes after me better not touch the foundation. They can rip out all the flooring. They can paint the walls. They can change everything. But the foundation is solid. Let me ask you this on a personal level because the principle goes deeper than just what it means for us as a church. Can I ask you for a second to reflect in your own life and ask yourself the question, what am I building my life on? What is the foundation upon which I am laying the life that I have in my, in my own personal life, maybe in my marriage, in my raising of my children, in, in the business that I run? What is the foundation of that? And if it is anything other than the gospel of Jesus, the good news of Jesus, crucified, buried, risen, and coming again, it's the wrong foundation to build on. Some of us grew up in church, and we would sing a song that went like this. The wise man built his house upon the rock. Please don't make me sing a solo. Join me. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came tumbling. I left you hanging at the end there. You like that? See, Jesus used this same principle, not speaking to a church or a group of people, but speaking on an individual basis. He says, listen, everybody's got a foundation. Everybody's building on something. And if you're wise, and if you understand, what you're going to do is you're going to build on a foundation that can support the life that you're building. Because you can build it as high as you want it to go if the foundation's faulty. It all comes crumbling down. So you need a solid foundation. Secondly, you need this. You need the right materials to build a spiritual house. Look again at 1 Corinthians 3 and beginning at verse 12. 
Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. And it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up, they will suffer loss, though they themselves will be saved, but only as through fire. I was researching it this week, and you know, there's a reason that most homes in Florida are built using cinder or concrete blocks. Uh, One factor, this is true just of anywhere you would build, is that they are resistant to rot and rust. And so they are a a good uh, material for that purpose. But it goes even beyond that. And the reason you don't see homes built with a lot of different materials here is that cinder block is termite resistant, whereas wood is not. Termites are uh, attracted to warmer climates. And so if you've ever lived in a wooden house in this area, you've probably had to deal with that kind of a, a thing. And even more than that, concrete block is some of the sturdiest thing that you can build with. And so when these things called hurricanes start to beat and blow against our houses, the best chance of them staying upright is a solid foundation and the material of cinder block. So it's why we build with that in Central Florida. Another way of saying this is that a significant factor to consider when you're building a house is what is the environment around me and what disasters could potentially come against this home. And Paul says, you need to look at the material that you're using, Corinthians. If you were to build in a high flood area, perhaps you would build a home that looks like this. You would put it up on stilts so that when the waters rise, that disaster doesn't destroy your home because it's built with the right materials. If you live somewhere like the Arctic, Alaska, you might build an igloo, a snow-packed structure because snow packed in together, can insulate you from the cold inside your home. On the completely other side of the equation, if you were in Africa, you might build using mud because mud is cool. It protects you from the heat uh, that is there in Africa. So you choose your building materials based on where you are and what is coming. Paul's going to identify six materials that the Corinthians could potentially build their spiritual home with. He says, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. He seems to be moving, right, from most durable to least durable. And his point here is that the right material for your home is the material that will last. It's fine to build something with wood, hay, or straw if you don't live in a place where that could be incinerated by fire or give out because of earthquake or be blown over by a strong wind. He says in verse 13, each one's work will be manifest for the day will disclose it. It will be revealed by fire. And that fire will test the quality of each one's work. Uh, That term, the day, is kind of ominous, but it's generally understood to mean the day of the Lord or the last day, or some people have used the expression, the day of judgment, the day of testing. And what I love here is Paul's very clear to say, Corinthians, I'm not saying that if you build with the wrong materials— that you're unsaved. He's very clear to say that. He says, we're not talking about salvation of your soul. We're talking about what will survive in the work that you're building. And what Paul wants to admonish them is, if it's wood, hay, and straw, when that gets exposed to the fire of the testing of God, it simply will not hold up. The foundation will, because the foundation is Jesus. But he says, you're just going to escape as one through the flame. You're going to get there with little to nothing to show for it. 
But he says, but if you build with gold, with silver, with costly stones, the very fire that is destructive to the other elements is refining and purifying to those. Let me put this in our, in our own life wheelhouse. Some of us know that it's not just some future day where the testing and the trials come. You're like, that day is today. And can I encourage you with this word? Every time that I have walked into the fire of testing, into the fire of trial, into the fire of hardship in my personal life, God has used it to further refine and purify me and lead me into better things because he is my savior, he is my foundation, and he is reminding me that the right materials will survive, so build with those. Two questions that we can ask ourselves when it comes to testing the material of our own life. Number one, just simply ask, what are you doing with your life? Or what am I doing with your life, with the things that you've been given? That kind of goes to the mission of your life. If your life's mission is to make money, you can do that and perhaps make a lot of it, but I am here to tell you that that's not going to hold up well in the day of trial. So whatever your life's mission is, you need to check that against the scripture. And if it's anything other than advancing the cause of Christ, you're building the wrong foundation, you're using the wrong materials. And secondly, why am I doing what I'm doing? This is important for us who are church folk because we can look like we're doing all the right things and using all the right materials and have people applaud us. And yet, if the motive is to get the pat on the back or to, to make our own name great, that too will not survive the fire of God's testing. And so, the scripture is going to bring us again and again back to these ideas of mission and motive. What am I doing with my life and why am I doing it? We'll come back to that in a moment, but let me move on to this third material, or rather this third element that you need to construct a spiritual home. And it's this, a spiritual home needs a permanent resident. Look one last time at 1 Corinthians 3 with me, verses 16 and 17. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So if anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Nikki and I's first home uh, that we ever owned together was in the Metro West area. We bought in 2013 and we basically raised our children there. Addison was seven, eight months old when we moved in. We had Olivia and Jonah in the next few years. Um, and we raised our children there until Jonah was about three. And then we moved to Horizon West. And, and one of the things that was so sad after we moved, and we were so glad to be here, and we were in the home God had for us, the problem was the home that we had built together, when it sold, had nobody living in it for more than a year. We drive by, grass sometimes would be a little long, the bushes that I've been so careful to keep hedged, you know, they were overgrown, screen was torn, lights are out, no cars in the driveway. We go, man, this was a home, and now it's just a house, right? Because a home needs more than the structure. It needs somebody living there, and Paul's going to say to the Corinthian believers, Corinthians, the one who dwells in your spiritual home is the Holy Spirit of God. He is the, the permanent resident. He doesn't just pass through or, or, or show up like a guest. We have songs, we don't sing them here, but there are songs that others sing that say, we need a visitation. You don't need God to visit you. You need the Holy Spirit of God to dwell within you and be a permanent resident in your home. And so Paul brings them back to this fact. There is a permanent resident who is the Holy Spirit. He lives in and among you. 
And just as he did in the Corinthian church, Horizon West Church, he dwells in and among us as well. A little bit later in Paul's letter, he's going to make a a further point that the Holy Spirit of God dwells within each individual believer. He's going to say, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But here, Paul is making that point and applying it to the church body. All of the the yous in those verses 16 and 17 are plural in Greek, meaning the better translation is, the Holy Spirit dwells in (laughs) y'all. Or maybe, well, I don't know how you'd say that, but like, it's in us. He's in us. And he's the one who resides and has ownership of the home that we're building. It's the reason that last week, and Socrates mentioned it, we carved out space within the middle of our service to go, you know, we're not just going to do the things. They're important. The the teaching of the word and the worship, that's all so important. But we sensed that God wanted to do something a little different last Sunday. And the thing about the person that owns the home or the permanent resident is they get to decide where the furniture goes, right? And we're like, man, we're sensing God wants to do something new, something different. And we carved time out. And dozens of you came forward to ask God for healing, to ask God to break through in your life. We've already gotten at least one report of what seems to be physical healing that took place as we asked the Spirit to do what only He can do. He is the permanent resident. He is the one who dwells in and among us. And what this means is that God has a vision for his spiritual home and his spiritual family that is bigger than just what we see. Revelation 7 says that every tribe, nation, and language is going to be in heaven worshiping Jesus for all of eternity. God wants to have a bigger spiritual family in a bigger spiritual home. And that vision of God is what informs what we desire to do at Horizon West Church. It's the reason we're not just content to to meet on Sundays and and do our thing for an hour and then say, hey, God bless you, have a great week, and do nothing else to expand the kingdom of God, to transform the lives of people. We have a vision for not just dozens or even hundreds, but thousands of people in West Orange County and around our area to come to know Jesus, to be saved and baptized and transformed and discipled because we were here and we said, God, we're not going to try to steer this thing or run this ship. We're not going to be the the owners of this home. We're simply going to let you lead and do what only you can do. Let me ask us this question. If that is the kind of spiritual home that God wants, how do we build that? How do we get there? Let me again give you two things quickly. First, it's through a solid foundation. That's already been established. No one's going to change that, right? As long as there is a church called Horizon West Church, as long as there is a church called First Baptist Orlando, the foundation will be the good news of the gospel of Jesus. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not by works so no one can boast. So the foundation's good, the foundation's solid. The question we need to wrestle with is what are the materials that we're using to build? And I would bring you back one more time to mission and motive. Mission and motive. What are you doing with the gifts and opportunities God's given you? And secondly, why are you doing them? Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, said, In the same way, let your light shine before men, so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Those good works that point people to God, that's the mission that God has given us. And the reason is that he is glorified. Mission and motive. And the scripture is clear that as we build on the solid foundation of Jesus and we use the materials of the the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, he will do what only he can do. 
Over the past few weeks, we have lost some people at this church. Some of you know that, some of you don't. Some of these are very recent. And as I was preparing this message, I was just impressed to ask the question, as two Horizon West church members met Jesus face to face in the last few days, and another family member in my own family came to, came to the shores of heaven, essentially. Like, what now? <laughs> now that they, these champions of the faith have, have now, they now see Jesus face to face. Like, they've gotten that well done, good and faithful servant. They built with the gold, the silver, and the precious stones. And I'm asking myself the question, who's coming behind them? Who's going to replace those prayers for me and for us? Who's going to step into those shoes to serve like they served, to love like they loved, to, to reach people with the gospel like they gave their lives to? Who's going to build with the right materials? Pray with me. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for the word. God, more than anything, we just want to be open and receptive to whatever you want to do at this place we call Horizon West Church. This was your idea. This was your vision from the beginning, and it will continue to be. And so, God, move us out of the way. Don't let our programs, our, our preferences get in the way of what you want to do. It's your house. Would you build it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.